oh yeah, like space shooter, but really you're a duck. Yeah. Or something. And then, which, you know, could be cool. Was it Duck, 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 the Shooter Duck, Duck game or whatever? Duck, Duck, Hunt. Duck, Duck, Duck. Shooter Duck, Duck, Goose. You know, Shooter Duck, Butterscotch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 90 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm the multiplier of numbers. I'm Sam, and I make pictures. And today is March 20th, 2017, 320 Blaze It, everybody. Yep. (laughs) Also, uh, warning, anything could happen on this show. There's going to be profanity, lewdness, a bunch of other stuff. So if you're a child or if you just uh, don't like hearing people talk about stuff, then quit listening to this and basically everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So we got a lot of news items this week. Can we talk about 320 right now, though? Because I think that's that worth, that's worth <laughs> talking about briefly. Yeah. For, uh, like for 320 Noscope? Is that 320 it's Noscope blazing? It's important yeah. because it's, uh, you know, it comes after Pi, Pi Day. Mm-hmm. It's... It's the first 20th after after Pi Day. You know, I think we should just start an arbitrary celebration day. Isn't that what all celebrations are? Yeah. People yeah. are like, I'm bored. Let's come up with a reason for a party every time this happens. We always make, <laughs> every time we get bored. And then boredom make, is a thing for celebration. Yeah. We always make jokes about 420 in the office, even though none of us are smokers. I think, yeah. I think they're called doobers. Doobers. None, none of, of us, us are doobers. Doobsters. <laughs> Do- but, but I think it's because we had, we had a joke about 360 no-scope, and now it's turned into... 420, 420 but now it's 420 the, anytime there's a 20 in anything, then someone in the office <laughs> says like, blaze whatever, it. <laughs> so 320 blaze it. Mm-hmm. It's just blaze it is just a phrase. But it is confusing because now that there's a three in front of it, it should be a no scope. 320 oh, yeah. no scope. Yeah. Blaze. Yeah. That's, that's a rough no scope though, because you, you know, you end up going slightly in a different direction than yeah. when you started and then you just kind of <laughs> yep. fly off course. Maybe I'm not sure if it requires more or less skill. I give you turn. It, less, it requires less skill to... To do it, but more skilled to sort of come out of it. Maybe it should be because it it just really means you needed to turn a little bit one way and instead turned all the way. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you could turn 40 degrees the other direction. Yeah, that would have been a little more convenient. Right, because the the idea there is like if somebody if somebody is like, you know, 180 degrees behind you. Then you do a 360 because you're determined to keep going the way that you're currently. Right, but you just want to see them to shoot them to shoot them without a scope. Yeah. Actually, honestly, a 360 with a scope would be way more impressive. That's true. Much harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's up with that? Anyways, what is up with that? listen, we got some news this week. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. First thing, the iTunes. The iTunes. Uh-huh. <laughs> also known as the App Store. Mm-hmm. Uh, debuted an indie section of the App Store. Yeah. Have any of you seen it? Because I don't actually have an iDevice of any sort. I we saw, got some pictures We of saw screenshots of it. That's People true. sent us okay. some screenshots. Um. It looks great. Yeah, it looks really good. And they got some good- We're in it. It's got a good prominent placement, you know, mm-hmm. so that's nice. And apparently it's a permanent thing. How, it's just so like going to be there. If it's permanent, how how do people access it? Is it going to be always kind of on the top of the store? Or are they going to scroll down a bit and see my the Yeah, my assumption will be one of those sort of categories, just like on the store. Yeah. Or maybe it'll have always one of those uh, sort of slugs, the smaller little feature slug things. That are right. It's, it's interesting, though, because a lot of mobile games are indie. Actually, I guess a lot of games, period. Most of them. Most, Most games, games are now indie. are indie games. Yeah. I mean, it, indie used to be in a, just a category mm-hmm. of game because there were there were games, and then there was like the six indie. Oh, games. Oh, I think the way that 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 the app store is using that term is people who can't afford advertising. 
I think is that basically if you don't have a marketing category. department, yeah. if you, don't you, don't have, you don't have a publisher. You can't, yeah, <laughs> well, a lot of them do have publishers. That's true. But they're Which smaller is, publishers, though, right? Because if you take like say take like Devolver Digital or something, mm-hmm. right? It's like yeah, they're doing okay, but still compared to like EA, right. nothing. You know, right. well, they're an indie publisher. They're an indie publisher, right? What does that mean? It means think, they also can't afford. I think now it's a difference between so like so you think about EA or Activision or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're not publishers so much as they acquire companies. Yeah, they're purchasers. Right? They. Mm. Yeah. So once you've been acquired by them, you're not indie anymore. You're just, you're an investment, you know. For, is that what it is? Yeah. Is like, if, if your studio is owned by someone else, then you're not indie anymore. Is that where the line Maybe is Maybe that's now? where the line is. I mean, that's be, where the line it is It used to, to be me, publishers. But, yeah. I th- but that doesn't actually, I think the, you know, the line just depends on what you're trying to to accomplish, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, I, I, I honestly just think that for something like the App Store, it's that if you, there needs to be a place for stuff that is good that cannot be successful on its own right. because it doesn't have- The marketing power. Yeah, it doesn't have the marketing power to get there and which is actually i think the best definition that there is of for indie for india it's, it's, the, mo- it's, it's the most just constructive your mom and, and useful one game yeah. Dev shop. yeah and they need they need some assistance because they don't have the resources just to throw behind stuff um which is which is exactly why also i think this is a really cool move yeah i'm super the glad they did it are they mostly featuring paid stuff or is it it's a nice mix a mix good. of stuff okay yeah. they got a lot of paid stuff in there way more than you would usually see you given the see. percentage of games that are actually paid. Yeah, I like the idea of them actually curating and highlighting a section mm-hmm. of stuff that that tends to be weighted towards good pay up front stuff oh, yeah. to try to kind of push the market a little bit in that direction. Yeah. It's like so a I think boot- it's, it's a boutique. I think it's a good it's oh, a yeah. good I mean it's good for it's us. It's good for us, obviously. Yeah. Um, cuz yeah. the, the App Store I mean it's a zero sum game, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if you if people see your game, then that means you didn't see somebody yeah, else. Your game is taking up a good visual spot that somebody else didn't mm-hmm. get. So, you know, it's good for us. So I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. Yeah. I'm cool. <laughs> uh, also, speaking of indie games, our buddies uh, over at Happy Badger Studio mm-hmm. here in St. Louis just successfully kickstarted a little, a little hovercraft game. Racing Actually, game. it's not that little yeah, anymore. It's, pretty big now. it's getting pretty big. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and it's getting towards done. Uh, so congratulations, guys. Uh, they just needed some extra cash to finish up development of the thing. Yeah, they're yeah. close. Yeah, um, they're super close. And they're they're one of the, you know, a lot, a lot of independent studios work in this fashion where basically they they are they have some kind of other day job thing that's going on that they use to fund their development on mm-hmm. the side. Um, Hive Jump was the same way from Graphite Lab here. And Smugglecraft is a game from Happy Badge Studio, and they're doing the same thing. They do web dev by day, and then... Smugglecraft by night, mm-hmm. sort of Batman style. <laughs> right. game it sounds like we've got we've got a tendency in this region to name things with two nouns put together. It's a good it's a good way to do there's, it. Oh, there's two things put together: Smugglecraft, Hive Jump, Crashlands. There's Battle Cakes coming out. Mm-hmm. It's it's, it's punchy. Crashlands available now. I'm just reading things around me now. <laughs> <laughs> it, looks, it looks like everything is just two words. We don't have everything is two words. Weird. Google Play, App Store. Oh God, Steam. But anyway, uh, I mean, it, and it was a, it kind of came down to the wire there, where they're they're yeah, uh, I think they were they, they were like two thirds funded on the last day, and then all of a sudden it's just like an explosion of backers yeah. just poured in. Yeah, yeah, really that must have been a story. roller coaster of a day. I I'm think. sure. Yeah, <laughs> you wake up, you're like, oh fuck. Yeah. And then and you then, go to bed, you're like, oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious. I'm curious what they. Uh, I'm sure they had a hand in it. You know, that that looks like. Has they must have pushed some marketing somewhere. PR so, push yeah. of some sort. I'm really curious to get the details yeah. on what happened. There. I'm sure we'll. I'm sure we'll hear about it at some point down the line. Yeah, it's a cool game though. So you should go. You can go Google Smugglecraft. I'm pretty sure they got some good SEO on that thing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, only, it's the only thing that comes up. Yep. Yep. And we also had a, a little sale of Crashlands. Uh, it ended yesterday, so, yeah, yeah, so we, we all missed it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Oops. sale on mobile. 
Presumably, if you're listening to this podcast, you already have Crashlands. Somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, that's fine. Uh, It'll also, be on sale again. We have a, a couple <laughs> important pieces of Sam news this week. The Sam uh, Bulletin. This is Sam Bulletin. For starters, Sam almost started a neighbor war with, yeah. with a pipe blast. Well, no, I didn't. Our dad did. <laughs> yeah. So this is hilarious. So uh, so our, our dads came up for uh, to help us landscape to some of our our outdoors stuff because we got these houses, but we haven't done anything to the outside of them for the most part, aside from, you know, kind of cleaning up the garbage. Well, we all, we all kind of moved in later in the year when it's dry as fuck outside. Yeah. It's the sun. is. Yeah, you don't want to plant stuff in the middle of summer, as it turns out. So yeah, you, you can't dies. do it. You can't do anything. And you can't even do it in the evening. Cause then you just get eaten. By so I mean, the best, the best you can do is just kind of like clean things up a bit. And right. Then leave it. Mm-hmm. So we all had these sort of, you know, barren landscapes. And so the dads came down to uh, take care of that for us and with a, with a truck and a bunch of tools and a bunch of know-how, which all of which we don't have. We don't have any capacity. <laughs> so, um, so it was super good. They worked basically the whole week, which was hilarious. Cause you know, we'd, they'd come into the office cause the office is in Seth's house and they'd be like, all right, we're going to go do all these things out back. And then a couple hours later we'd see them and they'd be like groaning, you know, dad is always like, Oh, my back. <laughs> back. <laughs> Um, but so they fixed up a bunch of stuff on my house and, uh, and it looks, looks great, but they put this pipe. So they have this extendable sort of downspout pipe that you attach to the bottom of, you know, like where your gutter, your, your downspout, your downspout. So where your gutter goes over and then there's a pipe that goes down to move the water away from the house. Cause you don't want water getting down in, in your foundation, in your foundation. Yeah. You got to shoot it away at warp speed. So where do you shoot it away though? In a place where you have neighbors. You onto your neighbor's property. Onto, <laughs> oh, so, onto, onto your neighbor's driveway. Yeah. Because they have a drain on their driveway. Exactly. And, you know, it's it's the thing meant is, for for taking so water. This is off. this is common. The thing is, uh, my water was already being shot in that direction. Uh it just didn't look so intensely like it was being shot in that direction. <laughs> well, well, I mean, it was basically like what, like three feet between the side of your house and there. Yeah, probably five driveway. feet or so. But the thing is that when water would come down that downspout, then what that meant was that the water coming out of the downspout would land on the lawn first, which has a bunch of, of course, you know, dirt, dirt, rocks, rocks other debris. And then that tidal wave of wash garbage the- would go onto their, mm-hmm. their driveway. So, so dad put this downspout in this extendable pipe that actually, instead of just letting it shoot onto the yard first and then drain into their driveway, actually shoots it just into their driveway. Directly. Um, Directly. Just pure, delicious water, <laughs> yeah. just unadulterated. So so it actually is better yeah, for the neighbor. Than it was. However, yeah. uh, I could see how I got freaked out because when you get home, or when I got home, I was looking at it and you can just see this pipe just like just like pointing directly at his house. And then it's with a brown pipe. And then there's a white splash block, which is like a little sort of chunk of concrete that you put down to make sure that the water goes where you're trying to make it go. So there's this white sort of like cap on the end point where it just, it just looks like a gun pointing at the side. <laughs> so, <laughs> Enjoy so, your water fountain. Yeah. So it just, it took this thing that was already happening and actually happening badly. And it, it, it fixes the problem from but, an engineer. Highlighted point. that it was doing it. The first highlighted place. that it's it was a framing water. problem. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I, so I, you know, I see this and I'm like, cool, great. Water's going away from my house. I don't think anything about it. Neighbor knocks on my door. He's like, Hey, so there's like, it looks like you're going to be shooting water into my driveway. And I was like, yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, you mean still. Still, yeah. yeah. Um, still. He's like, well, so I just, you know, I like my drain's clogged in the back, which again, not my problem, but. Yeah, he should unclog that drain. And actually, drain. It, I mean, might, it might be your fault that it's clogged. That's him. what I was thinking. Yeah. I talked to dad about it afterwards. Because you've been blasting dirt into yeah. his So this thing is like, this, this should solve all of the problems. But of course, you know, again, it looks except like. For the, except for the existing clog. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry for that one. Yeah. But so it looks like a like a thing pointing at his house, which, you know, freaky. So so I talked to him and then I, I called dad and I was like, hey, so like, can I move, can I just move this pipe or something? Because uh, the neighbor guys freaked out about it, you know, pointing at his house and dad's like, no. He's <laughs> <laughs> so hilarious. And so uh, he was like, he was like, well, he just, you know, went through the, of course, the logical reasons. No, like, like we say, just talked like about. Like we just talked about. It actually fixes everything. And I was like, yeah, but, but the guy's going to be extremely upset. Like he was visibly agitated you know, nobody wants a neighbor war yeah and you yeah. can you can easily start a neighbor war over some of this like little little small shit and then i'm just never gonna be able to like look him in the eye when i come out of the house because he's gonna be like angry <laughs> at me for having a a thing pointed at his house that's technically helping him but he won't see the light about it so and then he's well, gonna, but, then he's gonna but start there's doing a question is is it helping him as much as just not dumping the water on his driveway at all Yes, because it's always going to land on his driveway because it's a sloped thing it's anyway. Just, it's, it's just going to slope down. There's, there's no, no way. There's no. There's, there's no, no way. other place you can send the water. You could no. probably if his you, driveway if you attached slopes. Maybe, yeah, if you attached maybe like ten of those five foot pipes together and rerouted it to sort well, of like people the do that entire they have other like side a little, of the house, like sort of little gutter thing they make that runs down to the road or something, right? And you just dump. Well, the thing is, the that. road is above his driveway. Yeah, it'll so just go right back in the road. It will just get more debris. Water comes back to from driveway. the road into his driveway. <laughs> it's the same thing mine. So it's like, yeah. I, have, I, have, like, I have to clean out my drain because they're on the slopes. So yeah. the house is level, but then, of course, you know, the driveway sort of curves down. Rather yeah, so, I mean, the fact is, mm. sounds like a design water's, problem. water's getting yeah. in these driveways. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. There's, there's unless no. I routed it into the other neighbor's driveway. That's the only option, or my own driveway, which would be to- On the opposite side of the house. it to the other side of the house, which is insane. So, so where do they route their water? Do exactly. They, do they route it to your driveway? Probably. They route probably to their, their own neighbor. driveway, and then they route it to their neighbor's driveway. <laughs> so everyone's everyone's passing. You take like you take the water everybody's on one just, side of the everybody's house. Everybody's sharing the, the is water. It, is it actually yeah. a closed loop where just everybody's passing on to their neighbor? I think all everybody the way back is passing. Yeah, I think just you pass it to the right. Yeah, and it, it goes around the block, <laughs> yeah. and then it comes right back around. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. <laughs> but yeah, so the thing is, like, and this is it's not it's not against the rules or like this is this is what you're supposed to it's do. Just like, water. It's water. You can't. You can't, can't control it. Control it. You can't. Tide comes in. Tide comes out. So. So anyway, so uh, what does it mean? Dad was pretty incensed that this guy uh, was upset about this because, of course, he shouldn't be. Um, and so we had a hilarious chat where he's like, he's like "Well, I mean, I could, I could come and like reroute. What do you want me to do? Like reroute it around the house? You know, the same conversation." Um, and then we were chatting about, it and I was like, "I, you know, I just, I want to avoid conflict. It's my style. So, so I, you know, can you?" Can you move the pipe? He was like, I'll, I'll, I'll come look at it. <laughs> and then I got home and he had like, he dug this, I don't even know, this this guy's ridiculous, but like, it's just yeah, perfectly. I don't know how he did it. It just disappeared. So the pipe just disappeared just and then it like in. pokes out of the yard forward towards the road a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, in like a little tiny divot, that you, you just can't see it anymore. Yep. Except now it's going right, it's like it's the water's still going to go it's right gonna into go his driveway. It's going to go into his driveway. But now it's going to go through a lot more mud and yeah. dirt and everything mm-hmm. than it used to. Which is hilarious. <laughs> so, but the thing is, you know, we talk about this a lot. Like is the, this miswanting? It is. We talk about this in game design a lot, right? Like the, uh, the perception of a problem from a player's standpoint yeah, is not always what the problem is. It's not always what the problem is, but you do need to 
address it, quote unquote, right? So well, you need to but sometimes the you need to actually not, because sometimes it'll ruin player experience so much to give them what they have miswanted. Oh yeah, that you should just dump the water right in their driveway. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we can <laughs> the example of the, the Borderlands talk from GDC where yeah they had Skag Alley, which is Skag filled, Gully, Skag Gully, which was Skagly. filled with Skags, which are little like sort of creepy wolf aliens, and uh, players are always getting aggravated because they're like, "There's too many Skags in this place. I'm trying to go from." Point A to point B. Trying to get through Skag Gully. I'm trying. I'm using this as a travel location, you know, to walk. And so the, the designers were like, hmm. And they tripled the number of enemies in there. And now it's no longer a, a place where you go to travel. You got to fight. A place where you yeah, fight yeah. Skags. Yeah. People stopped complaining. Cause, yeah. Cause Maybe it, what I should have done was just every day just pour dirt on his driveway. And yeah. then been like, my water is washing away this dirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, you were already doing that. I wasn't doing that. Well, but it's also a framing <laughs> problem, right? If you... If you had just gone to him first and said, hey, uh, I noticed that my downspout is basically mm. just like throwing water on your driveway. Oh. I can just, if I move it up a bit, it's going to pour just water in your right. like It's going to look it. like I'm just pointing it at your house, but it's actually going to be better for both of us, right? If you just said that. Yep, he would have been fine. You're he right. would have been, been like, oh fine. yeah, my drain's been clogged. Maybe that's why. And you'd be yeah. like, well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it, the problem well, was damn. he came home to find somebody just shooting water onto his house, right? <laughs> And uh, so your natural response there is to be like, the fuck? Right. And get angry about it. And now now you can't see the reason, right? Mm-hmm. Because you've- Because you're already angry. You've been-, you've been I need unframed. my driveway to be dry as a bone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. To be fair though, it did rain while the spout was still there. And the just... driveway was totally fine. <laughs> because yeah. I'm not shooting dirt into it. Exactly. Anyways. All right. So, so then, thanks, I, so I, guess, the I guess then to celebrate the fixing of this pipe, Situation, you then baked a loaf of bread. Yeah, so I want to talk about this real quick. So I watched the Great British Bake Off show, Bake Show, Bake Off, whatever. It's on Netflix. It's amazing. And uh, we were looking for you know some sort of what's it called? The Great British Bake Off or Bake Show, one of the two. Can't remember. Um, (laughs) But it's on Netflix, and it's reality TV, but it's British style, which means that there's no drama. It's just about people baking some stuff. And so it's just a super delightful hour where these people from all walks of life are just baking stuff. And every so often they're like, John is actually a contractor by day. And they show him like hanging out with his family for like five seconds. And then it goes back to him baking stuff. And just <laughs> like, like here's, a little, here's a little backstory about John. Yeah, just super pleasant. And I've been looking for a little hobby to do sort of in the scarce free time that I have to, that's not computer related. And that also involves a lot of physical aggression. Because I was like, I want to punch stuff, so basically. You, so you can knead some dough. Exactly. So I was watching yeah. the show, and this, this guy was making bread, and he was just like punching the shit out of me. Did he have just beefy forearms? Yeah, it was like, like big Popeye. dude. And, and I was like, <laughs> this is, I, I want to try this. This is my calling. This might be my punching thing. Punching dough. So, uh, so I looked up some recipes and went to the grocery store on Saturday, got the stuff, baked this loaf, and... Uh, Turned out, turned out super delicious. Used no butter and all that stuff. But I think I might I might have like a good This is a potential outlet. business opportunity here, actually. Because if you started a business that was sort of designed almost as like a, as an exercise and stress relief place. Mm. But and it was then you all could about, sell the bread. <laughs> <laughs> we call it, what, punch a loaf? Punch loaf? Punch loaf is pretty fucking good. It's not like pinching Pun- a loaf, though. It's, <laughs> no, it's you don't pinch it, you punch it. Yeah. It's, 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 be careful mm, Bake punch, punch. The you great American punch It's off. like punch dancing. Ad, Adam and I once did a thing punch called bacon. Farrell's Extreme Body Shaping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. was really, you just, it's just kickboxing. It's a lot of punching. But think about if they- if And they, you could only shape your body into just like a slightly modified version of your existing body. Yeah, you couldn't turn it into a snake or anything. Yeah. <laughs> it was really just a punch. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's your go-to. Can I be transformed into a snake by the second? I mean, it says extreme body shaping. Extreme. 
Instead, what they really Instead meant was, was just regular body shaping. Yeah, <laughs> just, this would be interesting. Farrell's <laughs> just regular body shaping. So what if they had what? What if what Farrell's did was actually acted as an alternate energy source? Where you guys came in, you punch stuff, right? You like jump on things, you punch things, you throw things. But every single one of those things is actually a little sort of generation surface. Yeah, and so, so it's hooked back into the grid, and they sell that power. Boom. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so so you power. sell you sell the training exercise. Here's the thing: maybe they did. Well, or maybe in every one of the punching bags was actually just bread dough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Who knows? That's a lot of bread. Who's to say, by but the way. I feel, like, I feel like more companies need to be sort of taking this sort of sustainable business approach. Yeah, we've right? actually been, uh, we hooked up all of our keyboards so that they, mm-hmm. every time you hit them, then it fires off a little pulse of electricity, right? Because I mean, it has to anywhere to send a signal, but we harvest that. Yeah, the mechanical because you don't energy. need all of it. That it Unfortunately, sends. We, we can't sell it back into the grid because that's illegal in Missouri. Because yeah, it has reasons. It's fine though. We just we just put it right. It's back a red our state. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. It's red because the grid is glowing so hot from all the things that are just yeah. being you know perpetually stuck in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also tomorrow we have <gasps> Jam Day. Jam Day. What's jam a Jam Day? day? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've talked about it on lots of occasions, but Sam and Seth have both forgotten all about it. Yeah. And maybe some of our listeners also <laughs> did too as well, perhaps. So we'll find out. So jam day, we come in and mm-hmm. we jam. What does it mean? Uh, we, we just, each of us has a problem we're trying to solve. Some kind of big thing that we need intense focus for a long period of time to do. And we come in at eight o'clock in the morning and we Which just- Which is the normal time. We just start just- crunching away at it and we go until 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. just straight through. Mm-hmm. So the idea of the jam day is it's to capture the magic that you feel when you do a game jam. So whenever people go to a game jam, they always come out of it and they're like, holy fuck, I did not know that I could do that much mm-hmm. in a two-day period. And the reason that you can do so much in a game jam is because during a game jam, it's the only thing that you're focused on. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, that being intensely focused on a thing is just the best way to do it, right? It also so, feels super good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just completely immerse yourself in a problem. Mm-hmm. And so you don't allow, you don't run errands. You don't cook dinner. Mm-hmm. You don't check emails. You don't pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. You just literally just detach yourself from the world. You're like, I got this problem and this is my only problem. This is my only problem for the day. Mm-hmm. And you just, the whole day, you just go at it. And we all have all kinds of really tough things that we're tackling uh, for mm-hmm. the next game. And we just, it's just a really good way to to get around to it. It'll also be the first one that both uh, Tifa and Monique have been around for. Yeah, so Andy and Sure have done a few jam, jam days by this point. Yeah, it's old hat. They're veterans. Um, yeah, I remember, like, I think after the first one, both of them were like, oh my God. But actually, we didn't even start doing it in the office until like November. I think November, yeah. So we actually. It used to be something that we did quite, quite often uh, before we brought people in. Mm-hmm. And then after we hired people, we were like, oh, like, I don't know if we can like ask this of our, of our new people. Is mm-hmm. this too much? And then we thought, fuck it, let's do it. And <laughs> yeah. so we, we pitched it's the important. idea and everybody was like, yes. Yeah. And we did it. And, and after the first one, everyone was like, fuck yeah. Was like, can we do this again next week? <laughs> yeah. like, no, we got to, right. you guys need to calm you got you to pace it. Cause, cause again, if you, <laughs> there's a lot of game studios do crunch mm-hmm. where they have people work these kinds of hours, but just every, every day, day, every for day months. for months and months and months. But it's also because they're trying to meet deadlines set by management. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Not, not because they have an interesting concrete, uh, just problem to go out and try to solve. It's because 
you're basically somebody else has made their problem your problem, which is they promised a deadline yeah. to somebody, and they're like, "Oh, I promised this deadline, so now you guys just have to work." Now more you get yeah, fucked now. Yeah, enjoy. Yeah, which is just a difference. So, thing. what's the difference between crunch and jam? We've talked about this before, but I think so. It's good. Jam is short term, mm-hmm. one day. It's to solve a very particular problem, or two days. I would say. I think I think you can do a jam for up to two mm-hmm. days, probably. And it's. It's bottom up. It's not to it's not to hit a deadline or whatever. It's not mm-hmm. it's not imposed from from on high or whatever. It's uh it's everybody jumping in and just saying, yes, like I have this one thing that if I just if I didn't have to worry about anything else. So it's it's basically proactive, whereas crunch is reactive, right? Crunch because is think, oh shit, we've made a mistake. Yeah, because <laughs> we, we've never been like, oh, we need to get this thing done. Everybody's got to work for until it's done, which no. would essentially be a crunch. It's not deadline driven. It's essentially like months in advance. You say, oh, I want to just have a good, huge chunk of time to dig into a problem. So yeah. I'm going to do that. Well, and now, I think, and it's, and like. it's to try to capture that feeling of just how, how badass it is to just completely go all in on a problem. That's really, really hard. And at the end of the day, either have solved it or have made really, really significant progress that just kind of kickstarts the rest of your, you know, mm-hmm. next few weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and for so, me, these are particularly useful for getting ready to to try a new, like a completely new thing where you need to learn a new skill or need to do some research and development to learn new technology or whatever, because those things are always, you always end up just kind of spreading that out over, mm-hmm. you know, because you have, you have the other stuff you're working on anyway. And so then you spread out over every day. You might take 10 minutes or an hour or whatever, reading up on this next thing you want to go do. But you don't actually have the opportunity just to go do it because you're too busy doing other stuff. And so, so I like to use jam days, but don't always, but I like to use them for like really hardcore R and D days mm-hmm. where it's just yep. dive into a new technology or dive into something and, and learn, learn enough that when you come out the next day, you say, okay, I can now go deploy this for real, right? I can go use this on an actual problem that is essential to what I'm trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it speaks to the quality of, of time and how uh, spending five minutes on a thing is not the same as spending an hour on a thing. Mm-hmm. And so like if you, if you spent five minutes a day for 12 days, that's not the same as sitting down for an hour straight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you just don't get as much out of it. And uh, similarly spending six hours straight on one problem is again, it's much better than spending one hour a day for six days. Right. And yeah, so, but so if you spend, if you spend an hour a day once a week, then you're back you're right back to not starting over. Again. Every yeah, because you start over every week. Yeah, so so it it just kind of speaks to the the idea that that the more time you spend with a problem, the more context you have, the less time you have to waste relearning the same mm-hmm. stuff over and over again, and you just get to go really really deeply into stuff. Uh, so it's super fun. We we do it pretty regularly, and that's what's going to be happening this week. Super exciting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, and then the one too. last yeah. kind of interesting news bulletin from the past week is is a little bit of a little bit of business management news, What's which that? which is we so we now have seven people in mm-hmm. the studio, and there's three of us who are the you know the the owners or the manage the boss folk technical management, bosses. Yeah. yeah, and uh, we are we're we middle are management starting to learn <laughs> more and more what it means to have seven people mm-hmm. instead of three or four or five or whatever, uh, which is we're just entering pure chaos mode. Well, I think it's because we, <laughs> it's again, it's the development of systems to control entropy mm-hmm. uh, is absolutely necessary as you get bigger. And this happened actually just when we brought Adam on. Yeah. You, when you finally joined the studio, uh, it was the case that the direct lines of communication that was just Seth and I was just one, one beam of communication that had to go back and forth. And then mm-hmm. suddenly with a third person, there's actually three, there's beams. three now. Yeah. 
So you got to make you got to make sure that if you say something to one person, if the other person needs to know it, that you also get the information to them. Yeah. Right? So what we found is that as we as we scaled up, we didn't have just like with everything else, you don't know that these problems are going to be problems, and so suddenly uh, you have essentially an information asymmetry problem. So. The funniest example of this, I think, is also that uh, it, it seems like to a degree people both outside the company and our own people treat us, the three of us, as sort of like a, a hive mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they'll just they'll tell Adam something just like off the cuff, and then it's sort it's of like— It's just assumed that all of us know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Within like yeah. some period of time. Yeah, just propagate. Um, yeah. As a, yeah, as if we're some sort of connected server architecture, yeah. So, um, which is to hilarious. Be, I mean, to be fair, it's, yeah, I guess it's roughly yeah, in, not too far off. In but, database terms, it's called eventually consistent. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that's the system we've been operating on. Um, the problem is, eventually, isn't quite fast enough. now no, as it turns so, out. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so a few things happened last week. I think Seth was told bits of info. Yep. That didn't get. That we're not eventually consistent. Well, I just I yeah, assumed I assumed everybody else knew it. So this is the other so, thing. Yeah. We also why would you know? That, yeah. Yeah. That each of us knows everything else, and so there's just there's some information loss. So we've so uh, obviously we need some systems. Yeah. So we implemented. <laughs> Believe it or not, a calendar. A calendar. Yeah. Mind-blowing. So now people know when things are happening and no one has to tell anybody, which is mm-hmm. really what we came down well, to. So, like, this, so I was thinking about this because this mm-hmm. is a really interesting optimization problem. So I was thinking about in Crashlands, when we mm-hmm. first put in the lighting system, mm-hmm. there were lights and there were things that could be lit by lights, mm-hmm. right? And so it w- it quickly became apparent that even just having a small number of lights in the game caused the frame rate to just completely collapse. I was like, why? Why is this? It's because the system I had put together was basically, let's say you had like two lights and 10 things in the world. Each thing in the world would check each light to see mm-hmm. how far it was from that light mm-hmm. and what colors the light was emitting and stuff. And then it would sort of blend all the, all the different lights together to illuminate itself. Right. And so we had this combinatorial explosion of communication channels right. yep. where, where if you know, if you know add a third light, then every, everything in the world is now talking to three lights instead of two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then if you add another thing to the world, then that thing has to talk to every light. Right. So, so you just have this, this sort of explosion of, of things talking to each other in a really stupid way. And it was just redundant information because every light had to say the same thing to everything in the world. So how did you solve that? So the way, the way I solved it was basically to come up with a receptacle to dump all the light information into. Mm-hmm. So it's, I called it a light grid where basically, uh, there's an invisible grid in the world and every light just tells each grid position, Hey, uh, put my, put my, my brightness and color into this particular area of the mm-hmm. grid. And each light just dumps information into the grid. And then when a creature or something is walking around, it pulls from the grid. It just, it just looks exactly where it's standing. This is, uh, this is the calendar. This is it's caching. a calendar. Yeah. 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 You, so, you compute it once, cache it in a place that's really fast to retrieve information from. Yep. Yep. And there you go. And so, so the thing is, this should also happen in business, right? Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. instead of, if, if I need to know something, instead of me having to take time from other people and have them tell me that information, mm-hmm. um, because it should be assumed that other people might need that information too. And if every time somebody needs information, they need to have a meeting with that person mm-hmm. and take time away from that person, then that's, yeah, that's just redundant, right? It's, 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 yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a, just like the creatures in the lights, right? Interesting. So, so what you need, yeah, but it's even worse when, uh, when multiple people need that piece of information, but you only tell one person because now mm, yeah. you've now made it that person's problem to resolve all the asymmetry. Yeah. Right? Now you have an Everywhere unlit else. creature. Yep. Somewhere. <laughs> 
No one told me I was supposed to be bright yellow. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get the memo. On yeah, that. but if Are you we just have, have a meeting or what? Right, but if you just have one entity, then now everybody only has to tell one thing. Yep. And everybody only has to look at one thing. Did we just show that the lighting system in Crashlands is the same thing as communication theory yeah. in an office? I mean, I've been saying it yeah. the whole time. Like, actually. Yeah, Adam said that the whole time. <laughs> like, that game. <laughs> that. Uh, that game development, shut up about it. that game development and business uh, the are the same as all problems, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, when I left science to do this, this is just the same sets of problems that mm-hmm. I was dealing with there, right? Um, the the parallel, it's not it's not just parallel; it's just literally the same thing. Yeah, just, you know, well, this actually brings us background. this brings us to a podcast question. Ooh, yeah, it was a great segue, Adam. Ooh, nice. uh, you can ask questions at podcast at bscotch.net, By the way, yeah. podcast.bscotch.net. and if you have bscotch ID, you can ask with that. And if you get your question answered, you get a just a dope ass avatar. <laughs> well, it's actually a coffee a avatar. Cup of coffee. Yeah, it's not an ass. It's avatar. not a dope ass. <laughs> uh, all right. So this question comes from Map Five Five Nine Seven. Adam, you're a yes. scientist. That's true. Have you done any science at Butterscotch besides the statistics crunching wizardry? Uh, science is a way of approaching problems. It's not a thing that you do. What does it mean to do science? How do you, how to do how do you do it? <laughs> Uh, what is science? We're getting like deep into philosophy now. But, yeah, but was, was, can one truly know a thing? No, one cannot truly know exactly. A thing, which is <laughs> which so is really bother? just the key. No, no, no. <laughs> that's that's exactly the wrong move. Uh, <laughs> shit. Uh, and unfortunately, is the one that that pe- people misinterpret. <laughs> people misinterpret the 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 philosophical idea that you can't actually know things. Right? They misinterpret that in exactly that way and say. So, er, so everything is equal. If I, can I can't just do know things, I, want. I may as well die. Be wrong <laughs> as much as possible. Well, but I mean, this is this is the <laughs> this is the rationale that like the ancient aliens people use, where they're like, we don't know how the pyramids got built, therefore aliens did it, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's now just a fine explanation because we don't know anyway, so any old explanation will do. Um, which is not at all the idea. The idea is when you are <laughs> uncertain. That's such a stupid way of thinking. About <laughs> well, explain no, why. Here's the, here's the thing, though. Almost, that's actually. I mean, that's that's like a, a really obvious, easy example of how stupid that is. Right? I have no answer. Therefore, Santa Claus did it. Yeah, yeah. But people do that for just everything all the time, right? This, this is yeah, where it's a common. It's a common thought. Yeah, no, it's just doesn't easily, make it less dumb. No, no, no. no but you should explain why. It's yeah. not as as obviously <laughs> dumb. But but the the idea is that if you don't is when you recognize that you don't know how a thing works. Um, then what you can do is then make a hypothesis about a approximation of how that thing works that you can then use to your advantage to sort of control and, and understand and manipulate that thing, right? Mm-hmm. So if you if you simply use it to say, well, I don't know, and you throw your hands up and that's that's the end of the story, then you you don't get to use that. Then you're not you're not way. doing science. Yeah. And then in that case, what you're what you and that, that's okay actually to throw your hands up and just say, I don't know. But then what the next move that you're allowed to make is just to not worry about that thing anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't get to then now just put some explanation on it, even though you don't have any idea. So you can't say, I don't know. I have no evidence and I have no necess- I have no reason to think this, but, but here's what I think. Exactly. You don't get to do that. You don't get to do that. And in the cases where you, where you just have a complete absence of knowledge and, and can't get at a thing, then you, your only option again is to just move on or to use, you know, your logic and common sense and what you do know to come up with just the best model you can. And then you have two options. One is you can go try to test that model, which is then kind of finishing out the scientific process, right? And the other one is you can say, there's no real good way to test this because in the real world, there often isn't. And to say, you just say, I'm going to, I'm just going to operate using the best knowledge I have at my disposal. Okay. So using a model that, that I can come up with that seems fair, but the whole time knowing and being very aware 
of the fact that you don't actually know if that's the right. Could be hundred percent wrong. You could be hundred percent wrong. Well, so this this speaks to some of the stuff we've done. Uh, so one one of the most recent things was we uh, we built different different screenshots for Crashlands on mobile, mm-hmm. and in Google Play you can actually do A/B testing. So some people who visited the Crashlands storefront would see the original set of uh, screenshots, and some of them would see this new set, which had essentially characters put in there. It's the one that's actually on the storefront now. If you want to go see it but it's the characters on there with little blurbs of text to sort of explain what's happening because the truth is that a screenshot without context is kind of like looking at a painting. You don't really know mm-hmm. what's happening. It's a hard um, way to sell games. It is. So uh, so they do with those little blurbs of text that they help provide context to a player and theoretically should boost the amount of people who buy the game if they have a better understanding. Um, or at least... Under, but like under, not even, not theoretically. Because the problem is like theoretically is a blanket statement. It's actually under a particular theory, mm-hmm. right? Which it's not, it's not just about- generally that that will be the outcome. It's, it's, I have an idea. I have a belief that if people get more context, which we can provide via text, right? right then they'll be more likely to understand and therefore buy the game. Right. But there's also, there's an alternative explanation to this too, oh, which yeah. would be maybe. that maybe people will actually buy it less, but yeah. it'll be more of the people who enjoy the game in the first place. Right? Who knows? So who knows? So the thing is we put this experiment up. Um, and we let it run for, I think like four weeks or something. Mm-hmm. And the amount of data you need to actually have this be val- valid is, is much higher than you'd probably think yeah. at first blush. And so Adam, of course, knows this. So I pull him over, I think within like a week and I was like, Oh, look, I think, uh, I think these are not working at all. And he looks at it. He's like, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> there's just not enough information. Yeah, there's not say enough information yet. You can't you, say anything. Give yet. it so more time, right? Give it more time. So we let it cook. And then at the end of the four weeks or so it, we couldn't tell any difference. And yeah, we it turns collected out a good, same. good amount of data. But so we just had this conversation. So this is sort of the the end of, I guess, the the art part of science, mm-hmm. which is at the end of this, we said, okay, we have no ability to actually say whether the, whether or not statistically this is better for us to put these screenshots in. But we think that it puts a better foot forward for the studio, yeah, to have more slightly more professional looking screenshots, right? Um, but the important thing was in the rationale we chose, right? Because mm-hmm. we said, and it wasn't even that we can't tell us that there literally is no statistical difference between right. the way we presented that in terms of people buying it, which mm-hmm. means we can just do whatever. Now, yeah, now, well, now we can make our decision based on other criteria, right. which are we what like, do we like? Yeah, what yeah. do we like? What do, what do we want to present ourselves as? And now we can make the decision that way instead. Mm-hmm. So the scientific approach is all about choosing the metrics that make sense for the problem at hand, mm-hmm. right? And measuring them when you can. And when you can't, just moving on and doing something else or acknowledging that fact and uh, choosing the values and choosing the values. So, but again, this doesn't mean, so if somebody, somebody comes to us and they say, Hey, should I put screenshots in my game with or without that overlay text that explains Mm -hmm. the screenshot? And we, we literally can't say to them, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because all we can say is we did it. And it seemed like in our case, it didn't matter, yeah. But that may not be the case for you, yeah. Because because we're because we <laughs> that, that, that's the idea of of doing it scientifically, right? It's it's not making broad conclusions when you don't have a right to, and, yeah. But I actually want to follow up on that because there was kind of a, there was a funny thing that we happened with these experiments, which is with so the one that Sam was talking about, we actually did two experiments. Are you one was the icon, the icon. Yeah. So one was <laughs> one was we changed the icon for Crashlands, and one the icon was just. That's the fucking workbench, right? It was the it was the, the sawmill saw, that's saw in the the, uh, the picture of the savanna that uh, Hibbler painted. Yeah, so, so, it's, so, it so that, nice. that was our that was our sort of like worst case, most boring. Right. So that was my guess. Like I I'm gonna put this in here because this should. That was actually that was underperform. We thought of it as our negative control because it's right? literally a yeah. sawmill. Right. Yeah. Not exciting. It's right. not a face. It violates all the rules <laughs> for <laughs> icons. And so so it violates all the rules that we've read from other people, right? Of, mm-hmm. of what an icon is supposed to do. And then we had a few other variants that were much more similar to the one that we actually uh, still have. And in the end, there was no difference. There was There's a difference between a sawmill. Yeah. But again, 
but but this only applies to crash land. Only get yeah, to crash land yeah. exactly because we but, don't because if for example if we were a free game that's what I was gonna say because we followed up we Sam did this experiment with Quadrus Rampage where he changed the icon and again using quite different ones actually so the one that I and I didn't even know he did this but until I think just a couple <laughs> days ago I opened up the, the I opened up the app store to see what Crashlands was doing. And, uh, and it said other games you might like, cause you know, said, so it shows our other games in there. And like, I saw the icon for Quadrant's Rampage, which was tack drinking coffee, which is our podcast <laughs> taken out of our podcast picture. You know? It's supposed to be my negative control. Yeah, I exactly. was like, I, negative I, need, control. I need to put the quadrupus so, on so here. So instead of an action shot, it's just the fucking it's quadrupus. Yeah, it's sitting on a log, sitting yeah. on a log, sipping a cup <laughs> of <laughs> But in this case though, so then, then I was like, okay, now I need to go look up these results. And it turned out. Sam had just forgotten he even did this. And yeah, so, <laughs> so we collected actually plenty of data by this point and could see the, could see the result. And, uh, and it wasn't so strong that it was definitely true, but it was pretty compelling that that performed way worse actually mm-hmm. than, than the original. Way worse did. being like two to 3%, which of course in the free game. Well, I guess no, like, it's way worse anywhere between two and 15%. Two and 15. Yeah. Cause it's a very say. wide margin of error, right. um, which is why we can't say like just how much, right. Mm-hmm. But it's clearly worse. Right. Mm-hmm. And so here we are in, in the context of this free-to-play action game where the icon, and the icon's hilarious and cute, right? Like it's still right. a good icon versus in Crashlands, we're like, here's a fucking sawmill, right? right. And, and somehow in one context, it seems to matter significantly. In another case, it clearly doesn't matter at all. But there's no obvious difference between the two except the one very clear thing, which is pricing right. structure, right? Yeah. But it's also different games, different audiences, and who knows what. Which is all to say, and they have different review scores. They different they review scores. Different. So, well, the, the important thing here is that we're saying, now we built we built a mental model from those two pieces of data. Yeah, it says okay, maybe exactly the maybe. icon matters. Maybe yep. the icon matters more for a free game than it does for a paid game yeah. because we people are more likely to another. dive into the other information present in a paid game. Yeah, but again, that's just a maybe. 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 But apparently the screen trust don't matter. So the question is like, what maybe the fuck matters if you're buying a big game. <laughs> yeah. But we, but we have seen, uh, cause we, we, I don't know. we've seen other people put up articles saying that, you know, doing their AB testing and showing their results mm-hmm. where they found that, you know, they got something ridiculous, like a 15% boost. Yeah. But, but again, they're reporting these numbers without margin of error. And like, like what we've seen from these, yes. our margin of error is very wide. 12%. Yeah. And so if you're talking, if you're reporting a 15% boost, that might mean anywhere between like two and 15. Yeah. Two or well, two and 20, right. Or whatever. Right. right? right. Uh, you might be just reporting the average because that's what, how people do. Um, and so maybe actually most of the time it doesn't matter at all. So you saying Adam, that you essentially are always doing science at better scotch. So yeah, you- no, I'm my, my, I'm doing science every waking moment Adam of my life is science. <laughs> but <laughs> well, everyone should be. And this is what everybody should be. Yeah. Because again, well, science, the, science is an approach to the world. It's, the question it's is you, why though. So, so this, this idea that everybody should be doing everybody science. Everybody should science. This is my question. Why? Uh, well, it requires a lot of effort. I got to think about shit. I got to like it, look at things. Well, it doesn't require effort once it requires effort. I think to establish the habit. Yeah. Like any habit of thinking sure. about the world in this way. But once you do, then it's just the way you are. It's also right? the, the why. it's also the key the way to not give fucks to the wrong thing. Yep. Mm. And it's a, it's the way that you don't get manipulated into yep. believing things that are to your detriment or that are just yep. not true. Right. And it's the way that you get to control the world around you. I think that's most, to me the biggest yeah. point. It's like, well, it's all, but but these are all, these all kind of collapse together, right? Because yeah. it just makes your life way fucking better. It, absolutely, mm-hmm. your your personal life, but also when you go now tackle a problem, if you're doing it with that mindset of of questioning it as deeply as you can, identifying all the places where you could be wrong, um, and then doing your best to make models and hypotheses to sort of get at those things, but always remembering, no matter what, 
that the best case scenario is you have a decent model of the thing. Mm-hmm. You don't get you don't get to describe reality. That's just not a thing that's that's allowed. Um, but you can come up with a model that, when tested and when you use it to try to manipulate the world around you, actually works, works some, some of the time, right? For some, uh, and then you get to polish that thing and have it work more and more. If you know how to think about what things should I be measuring, what things should I be tweaking. Um, what am I allowed to say about this that has a rational and, you know, statistical and reasonable basis? Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah. if it's in the case where you can't say anything about it on a statistical and rational basis. Then now you get basis. the personal freedom just to make a decision. Yep. You could say, However my values are X, therefore yeah. I'm going to do Y. Yeah. And it's also nice because it, it takes a lot of, I, I do think that a lot of people get uncomfortable with the idea of, of saying sort of out of the gate, like, I just don't know the answer mm-hmm. to this question. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get the evidence that I need, then I just don't. You still I just don't still know. don't know. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. And they they want to say, like, even though my data isn't great, at least I have some. No. So, right. And, no. and I saw this happen all the time in science when I was actually a scientist. Because people, people want to latch on to some foundation yeah. of knowledge. Well, I think more importantly, people want their work to be useful. Yeah, they don't want they don't want to feel like it's all in a black hole. Yeah, there's a, there's a problem. There's a there's just a general problem with like if you I mean if you spend especially in science, oftentimes you have you know weeks if not years of experiment yeah, months data, and years typically. Yeah, um, which means that if at the end you come out and you're like, I can't tell the difference. Yeah, then you after just two years of then trying. What you, then what you usually do is do a different kind of statistical test and see if you can <laughs> fake tell <laughs> manipulate the numbers. Yeah. But but I think the important the important thing to note and and I think is why people have a hard time adopting this mindset is because the most important thing you have to embrace uh, is the idea that your ideas only have merit or only have value if they are demonstrably true, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so so just because you have an opinion about something doesn't matter. And you have to, you have to be okay with that as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to be okay with the idea that if somebody comes to you and they say, hey, here's a whole bunch of really, really compelling evidence that is statistically accurate and is correct mm-hmm. and whatever to the best of our knowledge, and it goes completely against this core thing that you believe, mm-hmm. then you have to be okay with going, oh, I guess I was wrong and just being fine. Yeah. With well, that, I think right? the other thing though is that, is that not kind of like it was, we've gotten to, I think the, the flip side of it though, is that not everything is measurable. Not everything yeah. is demonstrable in yeah. any sort and of context. And then there you way. just make a decision. Yeah. Well, there, there I think the important, that's where the, the other side comes in, which is that you need to have sat down and said, what's actually important to me? What fucks yeah. am I willing to give about yeah. what things? You need de- you need decision criteria. Yeah. So right. that if someone comes to you and they say, Hey, you know, I got, you got no data for us. I tried this experiment, turned up nothing. Um, how how do we want to proceed that you have a filter where you could say like this because these yeah. are my values i don't need to worry about yeah. anything anymore like it's good so you you do the science you get your values and then you're good to go yeah. it's yep. the only two things you need and the hard mm-hmm. the hard part is when the science goes against your values oh yeah yeah that's, and, and that's choose one and that's where people move away from science but the yep. thing right. is the so. moment you do you, you don't get to like, you don't get to tell, you don't get to come back, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that's the thing is that this well, is. Well, because the fact is you're just wrong. Yeah. You're, you I just, mean, you are just wrong. Just wrong. Right, correct. So. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then once you just choose, once you, once you have decided that it's okay to just be wrong, um, if, if being right, um, or if accepting the thing that is right goes against some values that you have, 
Um, like once that's true, like that's not true for anything. Anybody can convince you of fucking anything. You are easily manipulated. You're very easily manipulated. And, uh, and that's how we've ended up in the world that we live in. <laughs> Yay, <laughs> we did it. All right, next question comes uh, from Zarnoff. Zarnoff. Zarnoff says, I was listening to the podcast the other day and I thought I heard you say you were going to make games for all the things. Does this mean that the next game will be out for Linux slash Steam OS? Or is that wishful thinking? Uh, we're actually going to put it on, on like the microwave, the number counter on the microwave. Yeah. We're going to turn that into a game Yeah. Space. Well, that plus Virtual Boy. And then yeah. they're going to they're gonna talk they're to, gonna each other. to each yeah, other. Yeah. You can put your head in the microwave. You will you probably, you're going to need to Arduino your Virtual Boy to get it hooked up <laughs> to okay. Wi-Fi. We'll, we'll provide instructions, though. But yeah, I think, uh, yeah. so when we say we're going to put on all the things, we mean all the major things. What we mean, mean that is, if you are an average folk, yeah. in the world, then you, you will, at least one of the things that you own <laughs> will be able to <laughs> Because if you, if you have a Linux computer, it's probably the case that you have, I would guess that you have either an Android or an iPhone device. Probably an Android. Probably or, an an Android, Android. or a Linux phone. <laughs> or a Linux phone. Maybe a Windows phone. So say you got a you're, Windows you got phone. You're a custom Raspberry Pi If you have phone. a Windows phone and a Linux machine, I'll be very amused. You just won't That's be able to do What are you doing? Um, <laughs> but I think, I think it's, uh, when we say all the things, we mean... All of the major things that allow us to essentially I mean we're still a small studio. So doing any of those things that are that require a lot of effort, even putting the game on GOG, for example, took quite a bit of time because we had to redo a bunch of the systems, provide a validation check, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, I think it took like a week or so to get the thing up there. It took a bit, it took some time. And maybe you'd be surprised, maybe not, probably not worth our week spent. Well, I think importantly, well, it, it has, financial it's cost us more than it's than been a yeah. financial yeah. loss to put the game on GOG, but also importantly, people on the GOG forums have been attacking us since we put the game on there. Yeah, for taking a while to put it on there. Yeah. Which was so weird. you know, we're just not gonna do it anymore. Yeah, I think yeah, this is now it. this is now why they can't have nice things. <laughs> they can't have nice things anymore. Usually we're worried about why we can't have nice things, but this time mm-hmm. this is you just did this to yourselves. Yeah. So I think this, so this, you know, so is this question of like when we say all the things or whatever else. Uh, we want to hit the majority of users in the way that makes sense for us as a company and also keeps our sanity going. Because, like, it, it was so demoralizing to take the time to put it on a platform and then yeah. and just have people shit have on people us. people shit on us. Yeah. Not on then, the game, just on us as yeah. a studio. For taking a while. Yeah, if you want a good read, just hop on into the Crashlands uh, GOG section yeah. there. And <laughs> then, you know, we, we were hoping everything was going to go really well. And so I th- I'm pretty sure in there we were like, yeah, I think we'll, you know, we'll try to hit hit GOG on day one next time, which I know when we launch the next game, we're going to get a bunch of angry people pointing at that post. Like you said, you're going to do this. Yeah. That's before we realized and did some science on it and found but out. I think it importantly, wasn't a good move. Gog as a company was fantastic to work. They with. were they fantastic. Were, yeah. They yeah. were so good. Well, that, and that was a lot of it is, is we got, we were really excited about it too. Cause we we're like, Oh, you know, this, the, the way that the company portrays itself, you know, to its it customer great. base and so on, but also the way made us really excited about it. And they were fun to work with, but then also the way they portrayed their customer base is he's like very loyal pleasant people who just want to get stuff on their platform and like love open you know, and love talking to developers. Which is probably true on average. Which may be know, true on average. Yeah. Um, but, but then was not our experience. Right. And so a lot of it was the, the contrast between expectations and then what we yeah, saw coupled with the fact that it was actually a financial loss to do it. Um, so it was just kind of, we just purely did a favor to that community. And right. Kind and, of got, yeah. And, and, but th- and this is an important thing though, that people, you know, we talked, we talked a lot in the past about, 
anonymity on the internet and comments and all that kind of stuff and how these are just generally bad. But it, it's an important thing to remember that when when you are in a community and you're interacting with somebody coming from outside that community, like in the case of GOG users interacting with us, mm-hmm. putting our stuff there, right? Um, you have represented that community. Yeah, you are you are the ambassador from that community. Yeah. And if somebody has a bad experience with you, mm-hmm. right, in that community, and I mean, this is why like, you know, Reddit has a, has a really bad rap, right? Yeah. Because there's an enormous number of people there who provide a terrible experience for when other people come in. Um, even though as a platform, like it's a platform, right? It's not, it's not inherently bad and there's good stuff. It's just a place where people talk. It's just a place where people talk. Um, but if you just come to the front page of the thing and like read a handful of comments and whatever, it is guaranteed, guaranteed to be the case that one of your first interactions Mm -hmm. with that thing is going to be really negative. Right. And that just makes the platform look bad. Yep. And, uh, and so this is important. Like you should remember this. And if you're, if you're creating uh, a thing where people can talk on it, other people who you don't control, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just remember that, that if you let them do that, if you have, if you're GOG and have unregulated forms, people can just be assholes to the developers after they put their games on there. Right. Then people are not going to want to come <laughs> to your platform. Right. We are not going to go to that platform yeah. because of that experience. Yeah. And all that would have to happen is that God would have to say, let's just not have forums. Yep. Right. Solved. Problems solved. People can go yell somewhere else. Um, same deal with Steam. Actually, we stay out of the Steam platforms because they're so toxic. The Steam forums. Yep. Steam, Steam forums. forums. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. The Steam forums. Um, but well, the well, Steam reviews actually were overwhelmingly about the game and positive. Yeah, they're fine. And so, so the, we had a good response there, right? Uh, but the well, forums should not be there. They don't not, need to be there. It, the problem, it's not about it's not about critique. Like, that's not the problem I have. No, so it's not with, about Even with Steam reviews or iTunes reviews, whatever, it's never about the critique that we get. Yeah. It's about the weird general sort of hatred that starts flying around yeah. for no reason because we're a developer and they're a player. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, and there's something about like every platform kind of has its own interesting hangups, you know? So it's like, it's like Android has this whole hang up against like iTunes, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then, and then Took Gog, you long enough to get here. Yeah, exactly. And then Gog <laughs> has this hang up with Steam, right? Yep. And, and where where they feel like everything, every decision that is made, because actually we had another angry person who was upset that we don't have achievements or we don't have Gog achievements hooked up on Gog, mm. right? We still have our own achievements because our own achievement system is on everything, but we don't, we haven't implemented the Gog specific one. And, uh, but their interpretation of this was just like, was, was us intentionally sliding them. Like that's, that's because that's, what this would, they because believed it our would be was. free for us. To right. put those achievements. Therefore, and we, we just, just we just didn't do it. Yeah, that we just just to make to. a point. Right, right. Which, which is, is not true. Obviously, which is not true. And it, but it's it's interesting that every platform kind of has its suite mm-hmm. of things that when when we as developers or or somebody as a, as a person providing content to that thing, um, they come into this often not quite aware of all of the weird assumptions that the community has mm-hmm. about stuff. And anytime they see you do something, they're going to attribute some motive to that thing. that you well, They're, they're viewing right? it through the lens of the biases of the community that right. they're a part of. Right. And so if you're not, and, and, we, and we saw this with the Crashlands launch all over the place, like mm-hmm. we've talked about in the past with Steam and not properly having the game behave in a way that would be we didn't have enough settings expected to, to, we needed to more PC settings. users we, needed, <laughs> we needed more settings and we needed controller support yeah and as at, a result because launch. of not having that the assumption was that we didn't put those in because this is a shitty mobile game it yeah. came from mobile yeah yep. and also that it was cheaper on mobile because we were deliberately Price pu- punishing we, this this term was literally used we were punishing pc players for playing on on pc 
for yeah. At, at what point <laughs> if you step back? If you step back for five seconds to yeah. think about that. Be like, is that true? Is this thing that I'm saying true? Reasonable. Maybe should, people should be more scientific. Yeah, you know. But it does mean, and and, and it makes it's it's made us much more wary about entering new markets um, because because oh, yeah. they take a do, lot more time and a lot more emotional energy than I think we realize. A lot more. I was yeah. like wrecked because I think I was running. They asked they asked for us to be in the Gog forums on launch day. Yeah, and there's a whole bunch of people. So I was in there. It was just people being mean to me for like a fucking day. And I'm also trying to, you know, run a studio because there's, there at the time, four or five, or I guess just the three of us at the time, trying to like do other things. Mm -hmm. And I was just like fucked up for like two days. And I was like, I'm not going back here. I just stopped paying attention. I didn't didn't leave a note like, hey, I'll see you guys later. I was just like, I'm not. Yeah, people I'm don't done. people don't think about there being a human being who had a hand in creating the game on the even other when they're interacting directly with on the other end yeah. of their forum post. Yeah, yeah, so, yes, yeah. which is yeah. So when it comes to things like Linux support, right? Uh, we we may someday, who knows? Um, but the question there isn't because it's not a question of can we? Like, yes, we can, we can put it on fucking anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter, right? The the question is there's going to be a large cost to us to doing that, mm-hmm. and and the question that we just have to decide every time this comes up is. Are we willing and able to bear that cost right now? Right. Mm-hmm. And we know it's not that when just we, financial. It's not just financial. If it was, then it would just be an easy question. You just take likely outcome minus the cost and leave it right. at that, right? But it's it's not that it's not that at all. Um instead we have we know there's going to be some sort of emotional fallout of some sort, right? Where is. we're gonna get attacked by somebody for something we don't understand about <laughs> these stupid assumptions <laughs> that community is making. And, uh, and so the first thing that is going to happen when we put it on Linux is that people are going to yell at us because of how long it took first. Mm-hmm. And then second, they're going to yell at us because it doesn't work on their weird, their as particular fuck, homebrew particular weird brand. ass version. Yeah. And you'd be and, like, Hey, I use a 45 degree slanted monitor yeah. that is curved. How come you guys didn't <laughs> take my Linux machine plus monitor configuration into mm-hmm. account? Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, it, it's just, at some point it becomes not worth it. And, and we, we support the <laughs> platforms that we have because they are the enormous platforms, right? Yeah. Where, where we have to, cause those are also, they have not been fun to deal with, right? Uh, in, no. in many, in many yeah. respects. Um, but, uh, for us to be successful and viable as a company, that is now some, a price that we just have to pay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so wherever we don't have to pay a horrible price, we're just going to choose. Not but again, to. I mean, this, this also comes, it comes back to the, it's, it's just a general problem. And I remember uh, Jeffrey Lynn from Riot Games talks mm-hmm. about this a lot um, because League of Legends has a big problem with, with having a toxic community and they mm-hmm. always have. And uh, Jeffrey Lynn, who was their lead psychologist, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, he gave he he gave a lot of talks at GEC and stuff like that about just what exactly it means to try to sort of wrangle this toxicity in a community. And uh, I think the the problem is that basically inevitably a community just becomes toxic without yeah if there's not without any enforcement mechanisms yeah, because right. because what basically happens is and and he put it in an interesting way because he was like okay so in a League of Legends game you've got five v five right. And all it takes is one person having a bad day, having a bad day. Mm-hmm. or just being an asshole. I don't, I don't think having a bad day is an that's, that's the way. He, that's the way he put it. Sure. Yeah, for me, it's well, like, the, okay, the reason they said it it's takes not, one asshole. The reason they said basically. it's not people being assholes is because if you look at the data, most people just have like a bad day. As in, they're they're good, they're fine most of the time. Yeah, and even positive one, to play with most of the time. And then like one day, just one like, day out of twenty, they, they just, just need to go win. off on their yeah. team. Yeah, <laughs> and so so the problem there is like, I mean, are there are assholes generally just assholes? Constantly, there are a few people. Yeah, there's there a, are some. Yeah, who are more regularly assholes. But I think across, if I you think just it's, look a, at, it's a spectrum. You know, people have yeah, yeah. different degrees of filters that they will apply. It's kind of you know, like how if you put like thirty people in a room, there's was it or twenty three people, there's a fifty percent chance that two people have the same birthday, right? Mm-hmm. Which is weird. 
Yeah. Seems very odd. It only takes that many people. I think it's the same thing where it's like, say you're a dick one day out of the year on average. You put 23 people in a room. <laughs> there's a very good chance. Now you got two dicks. You got two dicks in that 23 person <laughs> pile, you know? Like, that's but, the terrible thing. But math. then it doesn't matter because you only need one anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So, Wait, yeah, well, because the problem is it cascades. You know, one person being being mean to their teammates uh, causes that that team just to break down, right? And so, so then other, another person will get upset by person mm-hmm. you know the first person now they're more likely to be and then they and then they may either matches, they too. may either yeah. sabotage their team or they may start talking shit to the other team right and then mm-hmm. that person will get upset and then they start yelling at their teammates and the other so here's team. a question yeah. is there actually an optimal team size that would help reduce one toxicity yeah, it's one. <laughs> <laughs> which is i mean that is why we i mean a large a large reason that we are so comfortable making single player games and why we don't intend to make uh, competitive. Well, cause if you're games. having a bad day, the game can actually make your day better. Right. Instead of yeah. worse. Right. Yeah. So there is that. Um, but yeah, nice. so, so you have this problem where, <laughs> where out of even just a group of 10 people, um, the probability of having a angry person in there, an aggressive, angry, mean person is very, is almost yeah. guaranteed. Right. Um, and, the the second sort of cascading effect from this is people who don't want to put up with that leave. Mm-hmm. They just yeah. stop. They just stop participating in the community. That's right? why. That's why I don't involve myself in that game. Yeah. And so like my best friend plays. You know, he just mutes. He's he's just yeah mutes the whole thing. And mm-hmm. and so you you end up yeah, with like this problem game. where over time a community that even is well intentioned at the beginning, as soon as there's any leeway given to that kind of behavior, it just starts creeping and creeping mm-hmm. until eventually. There's not really anybody left, mm-hmm. right? So the shit. Yeah. What do you what do you do? You gotta just gotta put a bunch of systems in place to try to gird against it as much mm-hmm. as possible. And then occasionally, you know, bring down the band hammer. Yeah. Well putting up with shit. And but our strategy is is a different one entirely, which is which is to do that, but also just to actually use the that fact as a design constraint. Yeah. Right. Where we say we we can't make a, a good competitive multiplayer game. Because of toxic will be community. Because people are mean to strangers. Uh, because <laughs> people are mean to strangers. Uh, and, and we have two options. So one is we can then design and build a whole bunch of systems to allow us to do that anyway. That somehow mitigate the fact that people are mean to strangers. Um, the other one is we just don't yeah. do that at all. Done. And, and instead, we, instead, we try to make games where it doesn't matter that people are mean to strangers. Because either they just can't talk to each other. Right. So there's just no interaction or they won't interact with strangers. So, or they won't interact with strangers by, by making it so you can only work within friend networks uh, and, or making it only a communal effort so that people work together on stuff and it doesn't feel, and, and people can still be jerks to each other because if their teammates not pulling their weight. Right. But again, that's, that's now another design constraint, which is you can make a game so that it's balanced in such a way that if somebody just sucks and is playing the game terribly, it's fine. Right. Um, and so by doing that, then you basically just, you just remove all the reasons for people to be mean to each other and make it so that it actually becomes very costly to do that. Because now you only hang out with your friends. Your friends say you're a jerk. You get kicked out, right? You don't get to play with them. You anymore. don't get to play with them anymore. And if we start building systems that on top of that, that make it so that if you get kicked out of lots of friend groups, you just don't get to be in any anymore. And so like, there's all <laughs> kinds of stuff that we can do on top of that to actually add systems. Speaking of people being mean to strangers, this reminds me of, so we, we added the random friend button, right? On oh, B-Sketch yeah. ID because we were like, we want we want to give people an option to just find more B-Sketch yeah. ID friends. If you're like a new person in the network. For yeah, example. so you just yeah. join, you're like, oh, I don't have any friends. And you just hit a button that says, match me up with a random friend. And every now and then we'll get a, re- we'll get a report 
from a user who they add a random friend, they get matched up with somebody who also hit the button. Like yeah, it, does, it it's opt in. Yeah, and you have to opt into it from both sides. So yep. both people have to say, I want to mm-hmm. be paired with a random friend. So somebody will get matched with a random friend. They get a message that says, hey, we uh, we just got matched up through the random friend finder. And they'll just go, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? It hasn't happened for a while, but there was, there was a... Back in when we first were launching yeah. everything, it was like a couple times a week. Yeah, where somebody would we opt would, into yeah. the random friend finder and then just attack the person they got matched. So weird. <laughs> really weird. Man. I banned all those people permanently, though. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Like, let's wait, 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 wait. Adam wants to answer the one question that's been at the top of the list for like. Three oh yes. Yeah. yeah. There's been a question at the top of the it's podcast from list. Arcarnix. Oh, just uh, for fucking ever. Arcarnix. Yeah. Uh What is the current highest Scotch ID level possible, and has anyone attained it? Eighty-two and no. But I think two people have gotten to 80. Mm. So because he also said, if not, challenge accepted. Uh, the the two that <laughs> have not been got are the ones that just require buying enormous numbers of butter ups. Which, which are no now, longer possible on iTunes. Correct. Turns out it's a violation of their store policy. But Whoops. it is still Whoops. doable <laughs> on uh, on Android. And so I don't know. We may. I, don't I know, think we, we could take say. We could say that 80 is I the think highest. 80 is, is the, the 80 is the true highest, really. Because well, so, like they, you know, gifting is weird now. No, they won't let us gift. Yeah. And it was supposed to be just like a fun thing. We're not supposed to be like spend a shitload of money on us. It's supposed to be like, you're such a cool person for gifting the game to a Which is also why those perks are hidden. Because we didn't want to, we didn't exactly. want people feel like they had to do it or something, you know? Right. And it's also why we don't tell you how many perks there are. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You, you don't even know there are missing perks. Well, yeah. I mean, our <laughs> podcast listeners, right? But, uh, but yeah, the, the idea is like, it's not a thing you have to do. It's just, it's just for fun and, and so on. But, but yeah, but those do exist. And I, I'm pretty sure nobody has either of them. What I'm also interested in is there's going to be a time years from now Mm -hmm. where maybe like Roid Rage isn't around anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Because we we may have to retire old games Mm -hmm. because they they take time to maintain and stuff like that. And when we have 20 games in our portfolio, you know, keeping alive the tiny arcade uh, game that we made in two days, 10 years ago, every month might not be worth it anymore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got you just make sure you're in on the ground level, folks. Yeah. You know, make sure you get those, get those perks before they're gone. Right, so I just want to hit one more to right. kind of come down from the people are mean to strangers. Track. Okay. <laughs> and on got? a good note, uh-huh. uh, this is from Space Bat. Oh, yeah. Space Bat. Space Bat. Coast to coast. Space Bat says, <laughs> I tend to take a lot of notes whenever I get a game design idea. On the off chance, I might be able to use it someday. This leads to a lot of lists of random thoughts and text files. How do you organize your ideas? Do you take physical or digital mm-hmm. notes? Both. So physical usually in the moment. You always got to have a little notebook in your You know pocket. why? It's because when you pull out a piece of paper notebook, it's not going to have a bunch of notifications from your friends being like, hey, look at this cat picture I just found. Oh, you got a message. You got a text message. Yeah, I found every single time I pick up a phone to type notes into it, I am just, I'm doing something else. Well, this I'm is like, becoming a problem for me too, because now when I try to search for things on Google, as soon as you click the text box, it pops open a list of trending yeah. topics, right? <laughs> and you're like, oh. So now all of a sudden I'll be like, I need to search for something. And all of a sudden it's like, Rex Tillerson, Rex China. Tillerson China. What? So really you guys' problem is that with you're that? too observant. Because I actually didn't even, I don't notice any of this. When I'm like open, like, <laughs> all my like, literally all my alerts are turned off. I don't even know that I have new text messages unless I open up my messaging app because all like it doesn't even have a, an icon anymore. I want to just so is there a way to just turn off just every notification? Yeah, just period. Yeah. There's oh a, wait, there's I a, could just a, get a flip phone. There's also just yeah. a global <laughs> switch that literally just says turn off all notifications. Interesting. Okay. So oh shit, so I'm gonna do. That. Go Adam's do that. gotten over this, but, but I think also, no, but uh, I think 
I have a totally different response to this, which is I actually don't purposely record any of my ideas anymore because I have so many. Who cares? <laughs> but that's true. Like, and when you're saying I have so many ideas, I have to be making and managing lists, right? When was the what last that time means you went that, back in and you were like, I need an idea. Let me go find. Let one. me go find. Well, well, I, think, I think there's, there's a difference here, though, because I think I think uh, nurturing that the sort of creative brain that's just spewing shit out is a good thing to do because yeah, yeah. being able, like being extremely generative with your thoughts is good. Yes, yeah. I think the note taking thing is, is a form of thinking. It is not a form of. Historical archiving. archiving right? I think I think it's the difference. You don't. It's this is writing and generating all your ideas down is an exercise in changing your brain, strengthening your brain for doing cool stuff. Most of that stuff is garbage. In fact, ninety nine percent of it you will never ever look at ever again. Even the stuff that isn't, you've got other good ideas. It doesn't yeah. matter if you. Lose I, mean, it I opened. I cracked open. A, I found one of my journals from like three years ago. And I looked through it. I think on every page, there's new ideas. There's new stuff. New list of things I need to go do. Yep. That I know for a fact did not did ever not do. Never <laughs> it. Yeah. But I, well, there's okay. another, there's another interesting point here, which is if you were to take any of these sort of, cause I can, I can almost guarantee that these are sort of like one line game ideas, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you thought of something like, Oh yeah. Like space shooter, but really you're a duck yeah. or something. And then, which, you know, could be cool. Was and it then, duck, 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 the shooter, duck, duck game or whatever? Duck, 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 hunt. duck, duck, shooter, duck, duck, goose. You know, right? shooter, duck, duck. Duck. <laughs> duck, duck, shoot, duck, duck, shoot. Uh, so the fact is, you know, if you were to actually say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to just take a, a page, a whole page of a notebook and, and flesh this idea out. What you'll discover is that it's not really an idea. Yeah. Right. You, you'll, a, you'll start to, you'll start to go through it and you'd be like, oh shit, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any clue how this would actually come but, together. But by, by spending some time with, uh, I, I prefer typing. Actually, I don't like using a notebook because it's too slow. Um, the research has shown that writing in a notebook is better for generative thoughts yeah some like fractures. i like i like that set of people i like that it's slow <laughs> because i have to think more yes. while i do it anyways continue. i have more time to think while i'm doing it yeah i guess yeah. i don't yep i don't quite understand I don't, I don't understand putting the bottleneck on writing every word has to matter you're more. bottlenecking your thoughts for some hey reason. when you but can anyway. when you can type 300 words per minute like me hey, adam i'm telling you yeah. this is this is, this is your own <laughs> i thought you were Science man. Yeah, no, but there's data. And there's also, <laughs> I don't know what the data is from the science, but if it's psychological That's research, fair. it's probably not. <laughs> Let's be honest Can't here. be doing that. Can't be dropping that shit. <laughs> Let's Go be ahead. honest right. here. I mean, statistically speaking, it is true based on the meta studies that have been done Most. of that research that the vast majority of it is not reproducible. Yes. That's because so, the, the acceptable correlation coefficient for a psychology paper is 0. 0.4. No, it's 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. So, I mean, 0. 0.05. Yeah. But, You're talking about correlation? Yeah. Yeah. Correlation is much weaker in psychological and social research. Yeah. Yeah. Which means it's yeah, less predictive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the excuse for that is is humans are noisy, so, so let's messy. just accept. Let's just reduce our uh, our. Uh, just throw the bar lower. Let's yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, let's just draw the bar lower. Well, otherwise, you can't draw um, any conclusions, right? It's about building building mental models for stuff. Yeah, no, but remember, but there's an important thing: you shouldn't build a conclusion Off based on it. data you don't trust. Right? You're better off just saying saying whatever you want. Well, you're, in better my off, case, you're better off just saying people are messy and we don't know. Exactly. But that was what you do for everything. That you wouldn't have any psych field research at all. Yes. Exactly. You guys are <laughs> <laughs> Get out. No, no, there is good research being done. I would never say there isn't any. Um, but anyway, I, back I to your point, but I will not change my my behavior based on a psych study. Um almost ever. Unless unless what that thing shows is also consistent with what my experience is. 
Well, and um, reproducible. And reproducible. But again, when it comes out of this kind of stuff, it's all hard to believe anyway, right? So, but if it's consistent with with what it takes for you to to go out and live in the world and do things, right? So for me, I have like tried writing longhand to try to put my ideas out, right? But all it does is make me frustrated how slowly I write stuff. Because then your my, thumb my, my cramps mind is up. Like, yeah, and yeah, you yeah, get right. that like pinching cramp right here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when I when I'm typing stuff though, because I can I can type still not as fast as I can think, right? But way faster than I can write then I can type stuff up and it also allows me to sort of mold the thing that I'm making. Cause that I can then, as I'm thinking, I can then restructure stuff and, and do that sort of thing. Right. And so it becomes a much less uh, linear and much less bottlenecked way for me to kind of think while writing. Um, but that's, which is, but I, I would never say this is the way that everybody should do it. Cause that's like, cause that's just the way Cause you is. just can't say that. Cause I can't say that. Yeah. But you keep track you do, of notes you do whatever's good for you. Back to the question though. To keep track of notes and stuff. I do use workflowy for everything. So I just put them all in an inbox. I put it in my Gmail. And then yeah, my Gmail works. Mm-hmm. Um, Seth uses to do this, I think. And then I put them in my, I make a little, a little section in workflowy, which is just a list of lists called inbox and then when i'm just thinking about random stupid shit then i just put it in the inbox and then later every week when i come back to it look through my inbox and i'm like no i don't want to do that that's usually what my response is to almost every single one of the notes i generate is like <laughs> yeah. no nah, well, so in, yeah. in todoist i have three projects i have the quest for gains which is for health related mm-hmm. uh tasks right so if i think of something that i need to do or whatever that goes in the quest for gains then I have the quest for brains, which is where I have all you're of- you're a zombie. Yeah, and you- right. Yeah. So the, quest, the, quest, the quest for brains is, of course, anything relating to just learning, knowledge, like books to, to look into, documentaries to watch, you know, just stuff that's going to expand my- Brain. My brain. It's gonna. It's mm-hmm. gonna sort of massage my lobes. Mm-hmm. You know. You gotta get the good daily lobe massage. Exactly. Yeah. And then last is the quest get for games. Creases. Oh, the quest for games. The quest for games is the mm-hmm. last one, which is stuff related to game development mm-hmm. and you know learning in that field. So it's kind of a you know it's a it's a repository for all of my. Yeah, I mean, I I used to keep track of like like the stuff that I wanted to get to and that kind of thing, but but I've realized that just like the present is the bottleneck, and so any moment where I have like some time to do a thing, mm-hmm. I don't I don't need to go refer to a list, so I can just be like. What is it that I would like to be doing right well, now? Yeah, we, that I can just go do well, that. Well, the, yeah, the thing is, I literally never look at these lists. Yeah, yeah, yeah ever. Yeah, I don't. Well, we make I put things into it, and then sometimes, like a year later, I'll go back and I'll like when I'm putting a thing in, I'll be like, oh yeah, I read a couple of these books, and then I'll check them. Out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, again, the thing is, that it's a, it's about the exercise, not about yeah. the archive. Putting it yep. down on paper, putting it down somewhere is sufficient. Because remember, as we said it before, in. the back burner is actually an incinerator. It's an incinerator. Yeah. But absolutely. That's fine. Because, you know, you need heat. This you reminds me. Burn stuff. That's right. This, this reminds me of energy of, from yeah. burning your ideas. In, in <laughs> yeah. the book, uh, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, mm-hmm. in that book, the author talks about- Marie Kondo. She talks about getting rid of books mm. because people will buy a book and never read it. And then they will keep it forever on mm-hmm. their shelf. <laughs> and the rationale behind her- uh, sort of like get rid of this book argument is the purpose of you buying that book was to learn that you didn't want to read it. That's why you have it. Right. Right. And it has served its purpose. In the case that you didn't read it. Yeah. 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 And yeah, if you did read it, then obviously you also don't need it because you read it already. Yeah. So, so she's like, yeah, just 
that that book taught you what it needed to teach you, which is that you don't, which want is it. that you don't give a shit about what's in this book. So just get rid of it and mm-hmm. move on with your life and quit living in the past, you know? Yeah. But similarly, great. you know, writing, writing down an idea, it doesn't mean you have to make a game out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was a lesson for you. You like, you took the time to do that. You locked it in your brain. Maybe it'll spark something later or whatever. Maybe not it's just the exercise. Well, I mean, really, just and, move on. Yeah. One mm-hmm. final thing on this. Um, uh, one of our game dev buddies uh, who made Ludi Dungeon, Sam Palvlan, I believe is how you say his pa- name. Palavan. Palavan. Um, Sam has this Twitter thing running where if you, if for every retweet that this one particular thing gets, then he, which is essentially saying, uh, I will come up with a terrible game idea every time this gets retweeted. Um, he comes up with an extremely terrible game idea. But some of them, of course, on accident, actually sound extremely compelling. Yeah. But he's got, I think he's up to like 400 or something. Isn't there a lot? 500 something. 500? Mm-hmm. So anytime someone does this, it's like daily, I think it's probably got like three or four of these things where it's just, it's about the generative exercise mm-hmm. of doing this. And I'm sure it's- Well, and, it, and he is also now coming up with a thing called the Psalm Jom. Oh, is he going <laughs> to do some of those? Where he, he, took all of the, he took all of the terrible game ideas he came up with and he got them all printed onto business cards. <laughs> and then he, at GDC, was going around and handing, all, handing a card to different people mm. that he met. And he was like, just keep an eye- Cause I'm going to announce when Did the we sun- get one of these cards. I got one. Okay, good. Yeah. My card was that it's a, it's an <laughs> RTS game. It's an RTS clicker game where every time you click, it summons a random unit that does something mm. that you can't control. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was can, like, I can, yeah, we can, make, we can swing we that. We can make the I'm shit out of that it. game. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so he's going to start the Psalm job where at it's a certain point he's going to announce that if you got one of these cards, then the jam is going to start and mm-hmm. then you got to make that game. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, so yeah. It's, it's about the generative act. Yeah. You have an infinite well of ideas. You're not missing out on anything by not going back nope. and looking at the ones you've already had. But keep your mind shut. Simply having the idea is sufficient. Yeah. It changed your it's brain. The journey. Your brain <laughs> changed when you did it. You know, that was what you needed. All right. Yeah. We've got significantly over. Let's yeah, wrap we this have. up. Thank, thanks everybody for, uh, for listening. This has been Coffee with Butterscotch. And I also want to say uh, thank you to Monique for organizing our questions mm-hmm. and also to fat bard for editing the podcast yeah. i feel like maybe we should start thanking the people who help us a good idea yeah put this classic pod like that also means we should start then telling everybody you know please leave us a review on itunes or wherever you get your podcast we do need more reviews yeah, yeah. and also this uh this podcast was sponsored by butterscotch shenanigans yeah. butterscotch uh-huh yeah yep. it was produced by butterscotch shenanigans well fat bard mm-hmm. fat bard is he does it make him a producer? I guess it might. I, guess it I don't know what a producer does. Yeah, I don't Nobody know what it is. Anyways, leave us some reviews <laughs> and tell your friends about this. And we'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.